0: Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. Cool. How are you all doing? Good, good. Happy New Year. Sure. How are you all doing on the first Sunday of 2019? Yes. Sure. I've been saying 2018 up until, I don't know, like yesterday. <laughs> so... So it's so good to be here in the new year and and so many possibilities that come with it. So as Carl already mentioned, Pastor Brian and Pastor Candace are away on a well-deserved break. So Amy and I have the privilege to share this morning, and it really is a privilege and never one that we take lightly. So we'd like to start off by thanking our pastors for this awesome privilege, even in their absence, because uh, it really is an honor that we don't take lightly. So before we go any further, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the great service that we have been having so far, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that uh, you've just been so integral and so, uh, and so involved in the year that we've started off by having already. We pray, Lord, that you may just continue to use this service in this moment to shape us, to challenge us, and to help us set the tone for the rest of our year. So we just really pray, Lord, that you may be at the heart of what we go through this morning. And in your powerful name, everyone who looked good at 10 a.m. said, amen. amen, amen. Cool, so it's the start of a brand new year. And with that, every so often, I'm reminded about one particular start of the year. And it was the start of my matric year, when I thought to myself, this year, I seriously need to get physically bigger and taller. Why? because I need to be as intimidating to those new grade eights coming in as the matric group of my year were intimidating to me. And the only way I can do that is if I get physically bigger and taller. So I was determined that that was going to be my New Year's resolution for the year. Get bigger and get taller. And, my commi- and I was so like involved and so committed for like the first two weeks of January. And I even remember going to disc him and asking them for supplements that can make me both bigger and taller. Not one or the other, no, no, but both. And I remember being there and and the discam employee coming up to me and saying to me pretty much with a slight chuckle and a smirk on his face that such things don't exist. (laughs) It was very much him saying to me, there, there, this is your plight in life. Now go deal with it. And that was all I remember about that New Year's resolution for the rest of the year. And, and, and up until uh, every so often, I keep remembering, ah, oh, I was supposed to get bigger and taller. That was my commitment for that year, but I completely forgot all about it. And, that, and pretty much that was the case because that New Year's resolution wasn't memorable or sustainable enough for me to keep. So it ended up being a flimsy, carelessly made commitment. And isn't that true about most New Year's resolutions that we make? They really aren't sustainable or or memorable enough for us to keep. So they end up becoming flimsy, carelessly made commitments. And as we start into this brand new year, and, and, and it's the same as any other year, the mood that we often find ourselves in is one where we think to ourselves that there needs to be some audacious New Year's resolution to help make this year so much better than years before it. There has to be some dramatic mind shift or transformation that can make this January, uh, See me at the start of this January, better off come December. And there's always a case whenever we start the new year. And I know I'm not the only one where you come into January and you think, you know what? I'm gonna have that steel determination, that grit and that cow going into into the new year and I'm gonna be so much better off come December. But again, so often the New Year's resolutions that we make end up becoming unmemorable and they become things that we can't sustain. And did you know that in 2013, Google did what was called the resolutions map, which was their way of of uh, getting people to sign up and to, get, and to log in what their New Year's resolution is going to be for the year. And at the same time, watch other people do the same, putting in their own New Year's resolutions. And the whole idea was to feel involved of within, within a global community of people who are committed and seeing their resolutions through for the long haul. But did you know that even though uh, the large numbers of people who signed up were great, Only 8% of people were successful in completing that New Year's resolution come the end of the year. 8%. Why is that the case? Why would someone be so fired up in one moment to make a dramatic life change in the area of their life that's of greatest importance to them, But but in the next moment, consider that very thing not important enough to change at all? It may just be because resolutions can sometimes be unmemorable and unsustainable, and they end up becoming flimsy, carelessly made commitments. So why do we make resolutions if we won't actually remember them, if we can't sustain them, and certainly if we can't actually keep them? Why do we bother making them at all? Why do we bother building our lives on something that's as good as sinking sand? If we're going to make a commitment, a promise, a determination at the beginning of the year, we should make it on something that will actually last, on something that we can actually build our lives on. So if we're going to make a resolution at the beginning of the year, so, we've, so if we're not going to make a resolution at the beginning of the year, but still be committed and determined enough to, and have the passion to build something of value into our lives, which we should always be thinking about, then what are we actually going to make? How, what are we actually going to build our lives on? And I think this is where the genius of Moses comes in, in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 30. Because the entire book of Deuteronomy is Moses saying to his people and, and saying to the Israelite nation, getting to, he's parting words to them and getting them to understand what he's been trying to, get, to drill into their heads for the past 40 years. It was him trying to make them understand what it is to be committed in what it is that they've said and committed to God about so you see, after, Moses, after wandering the 40 years with the, with the Israelites, Moses knew as early as then that they had the tendency, the same tendency as every human heart does, the tendency of, not, of being careless with their commitments, a tendency of making flimsy resolutions. And in one very particular moment, Moses saw this in full view, where the whole nation was given an opportunity to be a part of a nationwide covenant with God. When God said to his people, if you just love me, sorry, he actually said to them, if I'm going to be your God, I'm going to uh, be a, uh, give you a land where you can call your home, I will bless you immensely, I will make you a great nation collectively, and all you need to do, all you need to do is to love me and be my people and to trust me. So there they were, and they weighed up their odds. <laughs> And, they, and without skipping a beat, they were like, yes, we love our God. We love this deal. So yes, we will commit to following you fully. But Moses saw them treat that, that commitment as though it were nothing. He saw them treat their prom, that promise as though their words and actions didn't matter. And he saw them turn their backs on God, moments where they're at the border and about to cross into that promised land. And as a result of that, they turned what was supposed to be a two-week journey in the, in the desert, where at the end of it, there was, they would live in their own promised land for the first time in the nation's history. And they turned it into a 40-year wilderness experience. Yeah. All because they were careless with their commitments. All because they were, made flimsy resolutions. So you can just imagine it. Instead of living in their own land for the first time in their lives and in their nation's history, they found themselves pitching tents in a camp on, a, on hard soil in a desert and then uprooting it every so often and doing the same thing again in the same desert at the same time. Instead of living in a land described to be flowing with milk and honey and instead of uh, uh, living off grapes which were described to be Uh, so big that it took two or so people to carry them. Instead of living in that, they settled for living on irregular supplies of water and on a bread-like substance called manna. Instead of living in the robust adventure and the new conquest of a new land that they were supposed to have, they ended up living a mundane existence where they believed that there were nothing more but grasshoppers in comparison to those around them. All because, and only because, they settled for careless commitments. All because they settled for flimsy resolutions. And I wonder how many of us here this morning have settled for the same kind of existence. How many of us here this morning, instead of living living in a God-given promised land after two weeks, have settled for a 40-year wilderness experience because of the choices we've made? Are you settling for less simply because you've been building your life on flimsy resolutions or on carelessly made commitments? Have you been saying to yourself, I'll be more intentional this year about spending more time with the kids. I'll be more intentional about the, this year about my devotional times with God. Okay, fine, I think I'll, I'll consider seeing counseling on the area that's causing my family the most distress. Okay, I'll pay more attention to my health. I'll see if I can fit God into my calendar this year. Moses saw the entire nation of Israel settle for this kind of existence, all because, and only because, they lived and believed that their words didn't matter and that their actions were nothing more but careless resolutions. But as they approached this new land once again, this promised land, as they were about to embark on a new era and at the start of once again, a new era for the entire nation, Moses knew that this time around, flimsy resolutions just won't cut it anymore. This time around, carelessly made commitments just won't do. So as he addressed the Israelite nation for possibly the last time, and as he looked at them collectively for the last time, he, had, he got them to understand with all the passion he had left what we all need to come to terms with as we enter into this new year, and that is a great life isn't built on any flimsy resolution. A great life is always built on a God-honoring choice. Listen to what Moses says to them in the book of Deuteronomy, in this incredible passage in, in chapter 30, verses 15 to 20. It's what he said to them as they were about to enter this new era, and it's what he would possibly say to us as we were about to enter into a new year. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster, for I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if you, turn your, if you turn your heart away and you refuse to listen, and if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you'll certainly be destroyed. You'll not live a long and good life in the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love the Lord your God, you will live long in the land He has sworn to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, Moses knew that when it comes to living a great life, when it, comes to, uh, to, when it comes to entering into a new season and when it comes to entering into a new year in our case, in our case this, the, what's always set before us is the choice to live a great life. And when that choice is made and when that's set before us, that, isn't, that great life isn't built on any flimsy resolution that we make. It isn't built on any careless commitment that we want to make. It will always only be built on a God-honoring choice. So having a great marriage, one where both partners value and love each other, understand and play into each other's love languages, enjoy the benefits of each other's company and opinions and contributions, such a marriage isn't a flimsy resolution. It's a God-honoring choice. Having healthy kids, one that feels secure in their their self-esteem and their identity and feel valued and loved by their parents and siblings, such kids aren't a flimsy resolution. That's a God-honoring choice. Having a, a balanced lifestyle, one where you're living within your means and not stressing about overspending and increasing amounts of debt. Such a lifestyle isn't a flimsy resolution. It's a God-honoring choice. And faithfully attending church, in other words, being beginning to see the benefits of being of growing in God's house and beginning to uh, attend, move forward so that you can make this your home. And when you serve and give because you wanna be a part of something that's much bigger than ourselves, such a commitment is never a flimsy resolution. It is always a uh, a God-honoring choice. So whenever a great life is set before us, in other words, whenever we recognize the magnitude of what's at stake in every moment, it is always, always only built on a God-honoring choice. And as we enter into this new year and as we enter into uh, 2019, what better way is there to start and what better God-honoring choice is there to make than the one that Moses set before the people of Israel? What better way is there to start the year than by choosing life? Oh, that you would, as Moses says, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. So just as the Israelites had to recognize that as they entered into this new season, carelessly made commitments and flimsy resolutions, the way that they've been dealing, uh, making decisions in the past, just won't cut it in this new season. Let's begin to realize and have that awareness that as we enter into this new era, into this new year, that flimsy resolutions and clumsily or carelessly made uh, decisions just won't do it anymore. Let's begin to see our lives the way Moses saw his and the Israelite nation. Let's begin to see that today we've been given a choice, a choice ultimately between life and death, between blessings and curses, a choice between a mediocre existence or a great life. And let's choose life this year, church. And how do we choose life going into this new year? Well, Amy has three very practical and helpful ways in which we can do that. So won't you please join me in welcoming up Amy Jane.
1: Well good morning, Church. And happy New Year. You may take your seats. Again, like Julie said, it is such an honor uh, to be sharing on the first Sunday of 2019. For some reason, I want to say 2016, I think uh, something's <laughs> happening in my brain but I love the idea of choosing life and making God-honoring choices instead of flimsy resolutions in 2019. And we really believe that as we get to do this, we will build value into our lives and we will build lives of significance. But this doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen accidentally. Choosing life and making God-honoring choices is something we must do each and every day. I love the story of former American President Theodore Roosevelt, who is said to be one of the most God-honoring and God-fearing men uh, that America has ever had. When he was a young boy, he was quite sickly. And so as a result, he was born with quite a a weak body. And until the age of 12, he used to struggle. He had a great mind, he was very intelligent, but his physical body could not uh, keep up with his Um, ambition and everything that he wanted to do. So at the age of 12, his father sat him down and he said this. You have the mind, but you have not the body. And without the help of the body, the mind cannot go as far as it should. You must make the body. And this is exactly what he did. He made the choice to make his body stronger. And so every day he spent time building his body as well as his mind. He worked out with weights He hiked, ice skated, rode uh, rode horses and boxed. He did everything that he could. He also read every day and made a commitment to become like the men who he had so admired. And this desire to build a great life and to build a great body and a great mind pushed him to becoming one of the greatest men America has ever had. Not only that, he became the youngest president America has ever had at the age of 43. And this is no different for us. If we want to choose life this year... If there is a certain way of living a life that we desire, certain goals that we want to reach, we can't just make flimsy resolutions, church. We can't just make a, a decision once in the beginning of the year, but we have to constantly be prepared to make choices daily, which will help us to, lead, uh, to live this life that we desire. So this morning, I'm going to give us three very practical choices which can help us to choose and to build a great life as we go into 2019. Are you all ready for those? Yes. So it, Moses points these out in the verses that Kulu spoke about in Deuteronomy thirty nineteen to 20. He says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make these choices by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. So the first thing we need to do is we need to choose commitment every day. The scripture says in verse 20 that we make this choice by committing ourselves to Him. You know, you always hear gym fanatics and gym people, I just call them gym people, people who... You know, it's part of their lifestyle, part of their daily routine. They always grumble at this time of year because the gyms are packed with people who have now decided that this is the year I'm going to get fit. This is the year I'm going to get healthy. And they start to moan about the months of January. And then they know that it's coming again in September. Because we, people like this, get into a mode where we need to get healthy. And then winter comes, and it's not so motivating, but then September comes, and our December holiday is very motivating, so we decide to get back into gym. And I'm here to confess this morning that I am one of these people. (laughs) Jonah's looking at me judgingly, because he goes every... Uh, Every day, But I'm one of these people. In January, I scrounge around for my gym card. I scrounge around for my gym clothes at the back of my closet. And I get to gym and I join every kind of cool class that there is. Boxing, Pilates, whatever. I try everything. And then after those classes, I make a trip to Woolies where I can get all the healthy food that I need. And I stock up my fridge as I embark on this new lifestyle until a few weeks later, February comes... Now I can't find my gym card. Well, that's the excuse I use to not go to gym, and I find every carbohydrate that I can find and I eat it. But the trick is is that we're not meant to make one or two flimsy resolutions a year. We're meant to choose commitment and to choose it daily. And you know, there's a few ways that we can uh, choose commitment, and choosing commitment leads to contentment in our life. This is how it works. When we start to embark on a a, a life that's healthy and and we start to exercise and things like that, we become more content with who we are. When we start to commit uh, to bringing our whole family to church throughout the year, our kids are in kids zone, our, our teenagers are at youth on a Friday, and we're plugged in every Sunday and we're serving and we're giving it our all, we start to move towards Jesus as a family and we become more content. As we choose commitment in our relationships, in our marriages, and we start to invest in them and give it all we've got, we start to become more content with those relationships in our life. I hope you're starting to see the the connection between choosing commitment and our contentment. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, "'And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds, for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming.'" Let's be people who choose commitment in 2019. And as we do so, we'll start to see the results and reap the rewards of doing this. Let's not give up when it's hard. Let's not give up when we feel tired. Let's not give up even when we think we've done enough. But let's choose commitment each and every day as we head into 2019. You know, and there's two great ways that as a church we can choose to commit this year. If you are new with us, maybe you've been visiting us over the last few weeks or months even, and you haven't yet done move forward, that's a great way to choose commitment this year. You can choose commitment by plugging into four weeks after the second service um, here at the church, and you can plug in and learn everything that you need to know about us as a church, and you can discover who Jesus is for you and start to embark on a faith journey with him. That's a great way to commit this year. A second way is as a whole church, we'll be starting to uh, ten days of fasting and praying uh, coming up on the 21st of January. And that's a great way for us not only to commit to a discipline that God has asked us to do, but to commit our whole year to God. A great way to choose commitment. So if you'd like to do that, you can simply put your name down at the info desk so that we can see who's joining us and we can do it as a community and grow together and choose commitment in 2019. The second choice is to choose obedience. In Deuteronomy 30 verse 20, it says you can make this choice by obeying him. In the scripture, Moses says that one of the keys to choosing life is to obeying God. Before I was saved, or even just after I got saved, I always thought of the Bible as a book of rules. It wasn't, much, uh, it wasn't un- until much later that I realized that it wasn't a strict uh, book of do's and don'ts, but it was a guideline that God had set out for us so that we could live our best life. You know, and before, uh, Kulu and I really saw this before we got married, uh, a few months before we got married, we went to an external uh, venue with a whole bunch of other couples, and we started our premarital counseling. And we really uh, began to realize that what we had committed to, which was obeying God in our relationship by not living together, by not sleeping together before we got married, we started to realize the impact that that decision had made on our relationship. You know, at times during seven years, it becomes a drag, and you're kind of thinking, is this really worth it? Is this important for us to do? But we realized when interacting with these other couples that what we had chosen to do by obeying God in our relationship had brought life into our relationship. You know, there were couples who had come from really bad past relationships and now they were bringing huge amounts of baggage into their new marriage. There were couples who had been living together and because of that there were financial stresses and uh, emotional and family conflicts that they were now bringing into their new marriage. And Kulu and I realized, and with obviously not um, judging or anything like that, we realized that the decision that we had personally made had greater impact in our relationship. And by choosing to obey God's word, we were choosing life without even knowing it. And this is what obedience does, church. It brings life to the areas in which we show obedience in. So when we show obedience in how God wants us to treat others, it brings life into all of our relationships. When we choose obedience in our finances and we tithe and give on everything that we've received and we're generous over and above that, we start to see life come into our financial situations. When we choose obedience in living integrous lives, it brings life into our businesses and our daily living. When we choose obedience by forgiving others and not holding on to grudges, guess what? It brings life back into our situations. Being obedient always brings life. Even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, let's choose obedience and we will be choosing life at the same time. The third choice that we must make every day is to choose Jesus. Moses says you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God. As Christ followers, or even people seeking Christ and trying to find out more about him, we have to choose Jesus daily. The only way to choose life and life in full is if we choose the life that was given to you and to me. In Deuteronomy 30 verse 20, the same scripture, but in the NLT version, it says, the Lord is your life. So we get to choose life in 2019 by choosing Jesus. And we choose him in three different ways. Firstly, we choose Jesus by being with Him. Let's make 2019 the year in which we prioritize spending time with Jesus. Now, remember what we've been saying this isn't a, a bunch of flimsy resolutions, but it's a daily choice, which means that we might have to make the daily choice to get up earlier than normal, to go to bed later than normal if we need to spend time with Jesus. It might mean putting your name down at the infidel straight after the service so that we can uh, send you our 2019 Bible reading plan. And then you can commit to doing that in your quiet times uh, throughout this year. But let's choose Jesus by being with him, by reading his word, by worshiping him in our own time and by praying. The second thing is we choose Jesus by becoming like him. The more we spend time with Jesus, we learn to understand who he is and what he's like. And we start to become like him. We begin to show compassion towards others. We start to show forgiveness instead of anger and revenge. We love everyone around us, even those who disappoint or hurt us. We start to become like him in our character. And then lastly, we choose Jesus by doing what he did. I'm not sure about you, but you only have to spend a few minutes watching TV or watching the news or a few minutes on social media to realize that our world is in desperate need of mercy. It's in desperate need of love and serving and kindness. And so as Christ followers, we are not short of opportunity to do this. Right here at church, we as, a Thri- as Thrive Church, we're able to impact our community every Sunday. And those of you who are serving are doing that. You are playing your part in helping us build uh, Christ's church so that we can impact the communities around us. And so 2019, won't you choose Jesus if you haven't started serving yet? Choose Jesus by doing what he did, by serving in his local church. Find an I Serve card around uh, the campus today and hand it in at the info desk or at our re, uh, in our response box. And choose to serve in 2019. You know, we're not more like Christ than when we're serving. And so I really encourage you to do that. Another great way is if we look even further, is through our Shine project. You know, Shine is running, uh, doing an amazing work in Reicher Park, just a few minutes away from here. And we're able to uh, tutor. If you're interested in tutoring grade 10 and 11 students, you're able to help them, set them up for a greater uh, matric year, able to help them so that they can find jobs and help them to find uh, colleges and universities straight after uh, they finish school. We're so excited about our Shine Literacy Program, which is launching this year. You are able to sit with a grade two learner, help them to improve in their literacy, setting them up for a whole different school career, just by simply volunteering in that. You can give financially. The program is always building and expanding, and you can give financially to that program as well. Whatever you are passionate about, whatever you are gifted with, won't you put your name down at the infodesk and someone from our shine team mall uh, contact you this week so that you can choose Jesus by doing what he did, which is to serve and love people? You know, there's a great story of a man named Jerry, and uh, Jerry was a restaurant owner and was loved by many people. His restaurant was in the middle of New York City, and he was the kind of guy you love to hate. He was always in a good mood, always had something positive to say. And when he was asked how he could be positive all the time, he used to answer this. Each morning I wake up and say to myself, Jerry, you have two choices today. You can choose to be in a good mood or you can choose to be in a bad mood. I choose to be in a good mood. Each time something bad happens, I can choose to be a victim or I can choose to learn from it. I always choose to learn from it. Every time someone comes to me complaining, I can choose to accept their complaining or I can point out the positive side of life. I always choose the positive side of life. He would continue, life is all about choices. When you cut away everything else, every situation is a choice. You choose how you react to situations. You choose how people will affect you. You choose if you're in a good mood or a bad mood. The bottom line, it's your choice how you live life. One day Jerry did something that he wasn't supposed to do as a restaurant owner, especially in the middle of New York City, and he left his back door open of his restaurant while he was setting up for the day. And three men took the opportunity to come in and rob him at gunpoint, and during the robbery there was panic and they shot him multiple times. You know, even during his recovery, after 18 hours of surgery and weeks in intensive care, He was still found to have the most amazing attitude. And he said this when someone asked him what had gone through his mind during the robbery. He said, as I lay on the floor, I remembered that I had two choices as always. I could choose to live or I could choose to die. And in this instance, I chose to live. But when they wheeled me into the emergency room and I saw the expressions on the faces of the doctors and nurses, I got really scared because in their eyes I read, he's a dead man. I knew I needed to take action then and there. And so I got up the courage and the strength and I said to the doctors looking after me, I am choosing to live and you need to operate on me as if I'm alive, not dead. Jerry lived thanks to the skill of his doctors, but also because of his amazing attitude and the choices he made. Every day, church, we have the choice to live fully. And the choices we make have the potential to change our lives. We need to make God-honoring choices as if we want to live and not to die. So as we head into this new year, let's not make it a year of flimsy resolutions that we can't build our lives on. But let's make God-honoring choices every day so that we can choose life in 2019. Let's make a commitment to choosing commitment, to choosing obedience, and to choosing Jesus in 2019. So now I'd like to give us a time to respond to what we've heard this morning. So I'd like to ask that everyone uh, close their eyes and, and bow their heads and no one looking around during this time so that we can give privacy to some people who would like to respond to this morning's message. You know... A decision to choose life is always preceded by a decision to leave an old way of living behind. A decision to choose life is always preceded by choosing and deciding to follow Jesus. Jesus says in John 10 verse 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and life to the full. This morning, there are many people who can choose life and not death today. And Jesus calls us to choose life by choosing Him. So if you want to choose life today, I would love the opportunity to pray with you and for you. And this is not to embarrass you or to pick on you, but it is simply so that I can see who I'm praying for this morning. So on the count of three, if you, wouldn't ra- if you would just raise your hand, I'd love the honor of helping you make the best decision that you could ever make the decision to choose life today, to choose Jesus today. So if this is you, I'd love the honor to pray for you. Won't you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three, hands going up already, so good. Lots of hands in the middle bank and on the left-hand side, I see all of your hands so good at the back there, the young gentleman at the back on the balcony. I see your hands here on the right-hand side. You are making the best decision that you could ever make. If there is anyone else, I wouldn't want to uh, let you miss this moment. So if there is anyone else, you can put your hand down once you've responded. But if there is anyone else, I would love the opportunity to pray with you. Thank you. I see that hand on the balcony. Thank you. I see this hand in the middle bank. You have made the best decision that you could ever make as you embark on a new year. You are choosing life. You are choosing Jesus as you go into a brand new year. Come on, church, there are so many people who responded this morning. Won't you pray after me so that we can give words to what these people are feeling this morning? You can pray after me. Father God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you that you gave me a new chance by sending your son Jesus to die for me. I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made. Jesus, I turn away from my old ways of living, and I choose you today. I choose life today. Would you help me to make life-giving, God-honoring choices from this day forward? Amen.
0: This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.